The biggest misconception is that you're going to give them a script. I'm not giving any of my influence. I'm not telling them what to say. It doesn't make sense. I'm letting them use my product, letting them have their own transformation, and letting them talk about it because it's real. Have you ever wondered how influencers make a living or how brands leverage their influence to reach millions of people? Well, you're in for a treat. Welcome to the Design Rush Podcast, where we bring you game changers and innovators who can help drive your business forward. I'm your host, Bianca Mayer, Senior Editor at Design Rush. Joining us today is one of the founding members of ClickUp, a project management platform changing the game for businesses of all sizes. Known for his daredevilish career moves, our guest for today will let us in on the greatest industry tips in influencer marketing and the thrilling journey that led him to where he is today. Please welcome ClickUp's Head of Influencer Marketing, Chris Cunningham. So Chris, let's start by talking about a little bit how you grew up. Um, I know you said that you grew up in a small town and then later moved to LA. Did you ever imagine yourself ending up as a head of marketing? And what did you envision for your life looking back as a child? Uh, when I was young, you know, I, I don't even think I had an idea much of what marketing was. I'm from a very small town called Martinsville, Virginia. Um, yeah. So I had, you know, super, super hum humble beginnings. And I always knew I was going to do something with talking. I was always told that I was I was good at talking. I was, you know, very social. And I seemed to get in a lot of situations. Um, and a lot of things came to me by being a good communicator. I always mm -hmm. liked to speak. I always had to try new things. Uh, my mother told me that when I moved to LA that I always said that I would, you know, move to California at some point. But um, for me, I just started diving in, you know, right after college, I went to go work at a company called Cvent and I was a sales guy. Um, oh, wow. So I was always in the phone talking and Cvent did really well. And, you know, I, I, I was there for a lot of, for four years. And then I went to go work with Zeb, who I knew in college, who's ClickUp's <laughs> founder and CEO. And even with, uh, with that, I still wasn't a marketer. You know, I was kind of a, a jack of all trades working for Zeb. I was, I was our first sales rep. Uh, customer service, you know, was running that as well. But we would do little things of marketing, but it was all all of us, you know, because we only had four yeah. employees to start. Um, so, you know, I never, never dreamed of this, but I think I always knew I would do something. And um, as I got more into my career, I realized that sales wasn't what I loved. I loved the marketing part. So now I'm so grateful that I can, you know, move over and do that and have such a, a cool position to click up that I've kind of, you know, almost couldn't have manifested better. Yeah, 100%. I actually, uh, think you know you're definitely in the right place if i have to go off of some of your tweets that you've uh, written especially recently i had a look at some of the tweets that you've written especially on marketing i love the way you change like sort of um like more technical language to something simpler that everybody else can understand and i think that's something especially for copywriting or something like that like you want to use language that really everybody can understand that's that's like my main thing of of Twitter. I think that um, so many people overcomplicate or think that oh I don't know coding, I can't get this. I don't know how to code. Uh, I'm just around a bunch of very smart coders a lot, but I do understand how to take you know what they're doing with the code and understand what it can go to marketing. So I love doing it with AI same way. So many people still have not even opened up you know ChatGPT just to try it. And they don't realize how easy it is that you literally are just typing and talking to it. So I think my goal I is to is to take people like, you know, from a small town like mine and let them understand that you can do all these things. Um, you've obviously worked at a variety of companies throughout your career. Um, what would you say was the most important thing you've learned at each of these experiences and how have they influenced your approach to marketing today? Yeah, 
So at Cvent, you know, I was young and that was my my first first career. And I think what I learned there is just how a company works, you know, like 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 what it's like to be at a big corporation because when I joined Cvent it was you know, it was a couple hundred people and then it grew to a couple thousand very quickly. I joined at a great time, watched them go public. So I learned a lot, you know, and I moved up from being just a smaller sales rep to a, a, one of the younger managers at the company. So I, I learned how to manage a team. I learned like what it looks like to see a company grow. And I'm so glad I did because, you know, now I'm seeing ClickUp go through that same growth. Um, I've really mainly, as I'm looking back, I guess I've really mainly just worked at Cvent and then for Zev. Um, you know, we had a social media company and there's where I kind of learned, I would say, you know, how to be scrappy because we were a smaller company and starting to get a lot of clients. So it's, that's kind of what I, the second lesson I say I learned was how to be scrappy. And then what I learned at ClickUp was that anything can be done if you spend your time properly. Um, you know, like if there's there's a saying that if you just study your craft 20 or 30 minutes a day, you know, you'll be a master in no time. And it's so true. And so many people just won't take the time to do that. But there's so, I mean, we literally have so many resources in between. You can just ask ChatGBT or you can watch podcasts or YouTube. Uh, you can watch thought leaders in your space and learn from them. So I think what I, I really learned the most from ClickUp is that you can learn anything, you can accomplish anything. Um, and also just learned how to manage my time. Working with Zeb every single day, someone who's a, you know, very, very matter of fact about his time and, and the outputs. You know, the key is knowing yeah. how much you can get out of out of your day. And those lessons have been, influ- you know, they've, they've been immensely important for me. And I can't, I can't express enough, you know, how much I hope everyone else can learn those too. Because in my career, things are so much easier now. Challenges don't seem as tough because I know how to break things down and how to spend time properly. So do you have any advice for some of us on how to spend our times properly? What does your day to day look like? Really good question. Um, I think sometimes if it's a, it's a, it's a very like long project, something where I know I have to build an entire plan, you know, for like two weeks, that's something that might be like, ah, uh, it's hard. It's sometimes I'll, I'll, I won't get started, but what I do is I typically just set time. I'm very big on time blocking. I'm sure people have heard of it, but if not, time blocking is huge. All my time is kind of set, but not just my time. I put the exact task in there. Uh, not to not to plug click up too much, but like I know exactly what I'm going to work on. So I know at 1130, I'm going to go and work at this um, and I have it there. And I'm like, okay, I at least want to get this part done. But I typically always get more once I get started and get moving because once it's like, you know, your brain's like a muscle. So the more you get used to using it and, and diving into those tough tasks and, and getting something done, the easier it is. So I think time blocking is really important. Um, I think sometimes just getting started, except so many things are overcomplicated, but just sitting, making sure you have no distractions, no phone. My phone is never near me um, when I'm working. Um, I make sure that my notifications, like Slack notifications are off, click notifications are down. You know, I can just dive in. I check my notifications at my time and I set time for that as well, but I'm, I'm fully in. Um, and I think also knowing when to delegate. So many people don't know when to delegate. So make sure you grow a team, you know, that can help you use, whether it be VAs, whether it be people under you, but make sure you're not too, you know, on monotonous tasks. You're also taking too many calls because to get, in my opinion, marketing, to get in a creative flow, it takes some time. So make sure you block that time. Fantastic. I really like that. You know, I think a lot of people minimize the value of really delegating and also just keeping any other distracting screens away from them while they're working. I myself can be a little bit guilty of that. Um, definitely because you have so many people that are constantly contacting you and sometimes you really just need to have that self-discipline and I think um, dedication for the time that you are spending on the on the project that you're on right now uh, I really like that actually so sometimes you want to move around like 
like I'm at my desk now, but I might go work outside. I might go to a coffee shop, like switch it up. You know, like it, sometimes it's good to move around. So just a small tip that helps me too. I know you were talking about Zeb, but what else was it that inspired you to join the company? And what was it about it that really caught your attention in the first place? Well, you know, I was here from inception. So I was already working with Zeb on a, on a prior company with, with social media. And then he met Alex Rakowski and he knew he wanted a bigger legacy. He wanted to do something bigger than, you know, just growing social. He wanted to actually change the world. And um, we had about eight, eight employees at the time. And he offered, you know, all of us to come to click up, but, you know, but he also told us it would be very hard. We would be working very long hours. We would move, we would have to move to California because we were moving to Palo Alto, you know, Silicon Valley to startup land. So we thought, and um, I, I, I honestly, I believed in Zeb. I, I understood project management a bit because I knew we, we used it, but, and I knew that it was a big, big task because, you know, a lot of our advisors said, hey, you might not should go into this space. There's very big players. There's people, you know, ex founding members of Facebook and things like this in the space. They have a lot of money. They have a lot of funding. You guys don't, you know, so it, it could be tough, but I really believed that we could shake this space up. Um, yeah. I, I think I, 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 you know, I spent a good chunk of my time just even building ClickUp before we even got started. So I think I just believed in the journey. I knew that, you know, we couldn't get paid much in the beginning. I was more betting on, you know, ClickUp winning for the long term. Uh, but I, but I, I honestly, I don't want to just make it about Zeb, but I believed in him. I believe in him as a visionary. Um, and then I also loved the opportunity where I knew how, how, there's so much I could learn being around him. Our C2, Alex Tchaikovsky, who's an absolute genius. Wes, who was incredible in the early days in operations. I knew that we really had something special and I knew that we would work and outwork a lot of other people. So mm -hmm. I wanted to be a part of that journey. I wasn't going to miss that no matter how tough it was. Uh, and it was extremely tough, but you know, obviously it paid off. The, the ClickUp is jumping to where it is, but it's still war. You know, we still have a, a lot of battling to do. The space is, is still extremely crowded and getting more crowded every day. So for us to stand out, there's still a ton of work to do. Um, so how would you say you guys are working on standing out right now then in terms of your marketing, for instance? So many, so many different ways. Um, one thing we did just recently that was quite successful, uh, we dropped an album, which may sound ridiculous and different, but um, I, Zeb and I were always in the music career in college. Yeah. Yeah. So we we released an album. It's called Workflows by ClickUp. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Music. It's over a million streams. So it has been successful. Um, but we didn't spend hardly any money on this. We we have somebody, we have a couple of people who work at ClickUp who are very talented in music, especially KJ Harkness, um, who was actually the artist that Zeb and I managed back at Virginia Tech when we were in college together. He works for us. He's under me on my team um, working. He's a creative coordinator. He does content and helps with influencers. But he made a lot of different tracks and we got some pretty big artists on this. Um, artists who were signed to Post Malone that are on tour right now, Clever, Michael Minnelli. And this took off really well. We debuted it during our level up. We wanted to have good music and make our conference very fun. So I used that as a double entendre to kind of release this album, but also play very interesting music throughout. So the conference isn't boring like everyone else's. And uh, that did really well. Some of the things we're doing are, you know, working with thought leaders rather than just hiring any type of influencer. We're finding people that, that really use ClickUp that also have a reach and then having them share ClickUp, but in more creative ways. We're not just saying like, hey, you should try out ClickUp. It's a cool platform. What we're doing is we're saying, hey, here's a very, I, I know that you're a marketer. Here's a doc that we built for you that'll help you. you you've probably seen on my Twitter. Here's a, a, you know, 165 marketing prompts that will help you if you want to learn how to use ChatGPT, but I put it in a ClickUp doc. So you're still coming to ClickUp. So our marketing is, is all value-based or trying to, you know, bring you, 
good music, whatever, our, our marketing isn't in your face telling you to use our product. Our marketing is helping your day to day. And that's what we see the future of marketing. I read something on your Twitter as well. Um, something along the lines of, sorry, I'm paraphrasing now, but something along the lines of don't sell the product, sell the transformation. Could you maybe elaborate on that a little bit by what you mean by that? One of my favorite things to think about is that, um, you know, everyone just sells their product. Hey, we're ClickUp. We save you time. But the real thing that I want to provide, and that, that honestly, I should do a better job of moving forward, um, and that I'm working to do is I want to show our customers, show, hey, here was our customer before they used ClickUp. Here they are now, right? This is a transformation that you can have. So rather than just saying, hey, ClickUp has X, Y, and Z features, no, no, no. I'm going to show you how these features transformed X client and how their life is easier now and how that so rather than just you know backing up this bold statement of saving a day a week here's actually how they're saving time they're saving time because we have these automations and because we have these plugins and because we have customer service that will take its time to help you with your workflow we'll give you consultants to work with you and and, and dive in fully so i think uh the real key there is yeah don't don't just talk about your brand don't just talk about your features don't just throw that out they can look at that up they can look that up on their own what they can't go find is how you've helped others how you saved them time how you made them more money how you made their lives easier. So I just want to also circle back to, um, you know, you guys moved to Silicon Valley. Obviously, that was pretty risky. And I think, you know, if we look back at your career so far, and even with some of the things that you're doing now, for instance, you know, with the album that you guys brought out, I mean, I think that you are absolutely not afraid of taking risks. And that's great. And I really want to know what makes you feel ready to take those leaps and how do you know it's the right time to take those leaps as well? That's a good question. I don't know if I've actually thought about it. I, I do know why I'm not afraid to take risk because I've already taken risk and I've already seen rewards that come with risk. And I also realized that a lot of times the failure that you're afraid of doesn't come uh, like you think it will. And if you do fail, we failed with an app called Memory. We went all in, we spent a lot of money and we failed. And the failure... You know, of course, it's there's some there's a hit to your pride, a hit to your ego when you tell everyone, hey, we're going to be the next big social media app, and you're not all of a sudden. Uh, but also just learn so much during that time. So I think I lost the fear of failure first. I, I am not afraid. I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not afraid to fail whenever. And um, but I think you also start learning that, you know, as you as you take that, as you do fail, you start realizing the timing you can do these things. Um, mm -hmm. Sure, would have loved to drop an album a while ago, but I was smart about when. You know, I think the timing was right with. Uh, with our conference, with what we were doing. And I think also it's 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 a risk that I, I also find ways to take these risks in ways that um, that have low repercussions if they fail. I didn't spend a ton of money on the album. If, if no one listened to the album, that's okay. And I also still found pauses because it. let's say that we didn't get a million streams. Let's say I only got 20. Well, guess what? I still have assets that I can use for our marketing. That I don't have to go pay that are cool songs. I still have something that you can tag on Instagram or on TikTok and use as a sound. So these are still assets for me. So I learned how to mitigate the risk as well. I think that's something else you learn as you as you go through your career. So one, it's still okay to be afraid to take risk. You don't want to lose your company too much money. But if you find a way to take a risk or test it first in a way that you're not losing money, because we're still scrappy. I don't care about having funding or things like that. I'm not going to waste ClickUp's money ever. Um, I will find a way to be, you know, to be scrappy with that and, and make it happen. So that's what I did. I found a way to spend very little money and to get it done. Um, and was prepared to still have a way that this was a win because my time is also valuable and, and putting time to that album, I need something out of it. So I knew I would at least get assets and something cool. But now we have, you know, features in marketing brew and, and things like that. So the, the ROI was definitely immense from that. Um, but yeah, the three things are mitigate the risk if you can, but you, again, you can't be afraid and also be very good at timing. Look at all the other factors, look at how you can 
amplify it by other things you're doing. We recently published a news article about ClickUp workflows. And I have to say, I was super impressed to see that not only was it the most viewed news article on our spotlights, but it was also generating a ton of online attention. So could you tell us more about what makes uh, ClickUp workflows so unique and how they're helping teams to be more productive and efficient? Yeah, of course. I really appreciate you guys doing that. You were the first to really kind of to, to show us some love. And so I was really appreciative because at first I was like, man, I don't know if it's going to get any love. And then you guys, Design Rush, I was so excited about that. Um, yeah, so why ClickUp Workflows is so unique is one, every genre is on there. I don't care what kind of music you like. I did my best to find it, even country music, which is hard. So um, I have, you know, it has rap, it has rock, it has pop, it has country, and every single song says click up, but not in too many ways. It's not like click up, click up. It's um, it's usually in a clever way. So like one is about, you know, meeting someone and, um, you know, was working on a project together and staying up working late till midnight. It's like, that's our most popular song. Can we click up till midnight? But every song is about Love. work and um and almost not too much and some song might sound like it, like we have a song called grinding and it sounds like it could be in the club you know it's like a rap song that you could dance to but it's more about getting your work done so i think we we found clever ways it's something fun to listen to that you can play while you're at work and yeah. and not be um not be like you can still get in the zone they're not too too in your face or anything like that um and again it has, has every single genre and it's fun it's playful there's no lyrics that are bringing you down everything's upbeat Everything's designed to make you kind of have fun while you're at work and be like, wow, this is really a ClickUp song. Like that's that's impressive. Amazing. Also cool, it's, it also has cool things that you can share. So if you're tagging us in a story, you know, you can tag a ClickUp song behind. It just amplifies. It makes it so much cooler. So I think that's the main things that make it stand out. I think our users are just loving it and they really love the article because a lot of people didn't know about it. Even though we we dropped, there's still a lot of people didn't know about it. So a lot of our influencers shared your article because they didn't even know and they thought it was so cool that we did something like that. So I'm, I'm glad to see it got traffic and it just feels cool. You know, it's, it's a breath of fresh air in, in tech marketing. Whereas, you know, everyone's ran Facebook ads, everyone's done an influencer campaign, but not everyone's done a, a, a full album and we want to get better. And I hope we can do it again. So, okay. I want to talk a little bit about more on how you're the head of influencer marketing and you tackle three key parts of the business. So you tackle content, social media and influencers. What is the magic recipe to this and, you know, combining all three of those things, would you say? Yeah. So look, I'm a manager of social um, or influencer marketing. And, and I love, I love seeing our social media kind of, um, I, I think the common theme and we touched on a little bit earlier, but you know, every, every company has a social and, you know, everyone can post a few pictures of the office. Uh, they can post a few, you know, random videos here and there. Uh, I want our social to have a purpose and I'm still working on that overall, but our purpose is our, our whole mission is, is saving people time. Right. So I'm trying to build our social around that uh, teaching. Uh, you know, I want to keep interviewing more thought leaders. I'm, I'm just starting to work on that now um, with a platform like Riverside like this. I want to interview people uh, and teach, you know, I want to teach. Like I think so many people hop into the space like I did. Like when I jumped into corporate sales at Vance, I didn't really know what I was doing. I just had a degree that didn't teach me any of that. Um, so I want ClickUp to be a place where you can come learn no matter what your role is, whether you're in development, whether you're in marketing, whether you're a copywriter. I want you to know that you could come, that ClickUp will give you some advice and that you can learn it. We'll give you docs. We'll be bringing on top thought leaders in the space because that's really what we're doing. Um, and one, it, it allows us to make more connections and meet new people. Uh, we also want to teach you about other companies. We're not going to overly sell you on ClickUp. It's, it's overdone by too many other brands and it'll make you not want to follow us. So we want to tell you about our partners at HubSpot. You know, we want to tell you about 
other companies we love to work with that 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 integrate really well with our product. We want you to use them and we want to highlight them. So I think that's what we're going to you're going to see a lot more of from us. And that really is our, our common theme is just adding value to those who follow us because it takes something to follow a brand. People don't follow brands like they used to five, six years ago. They usually follow thought yeah. leaders. And the last thing we're doing is we're also building thought leaders within our brand. There's myself, there's Guaro, there's Melissa. You know, like these people are also active on social and we're, we're trying to teach and I'm growing even more Holly Peck, Liam Mahoney, Zach Blodgett. These are all employees at ClickUp that, you know, I, I was like, hey, would you like to create content? And they are, and this is, they're in product, they're in, um, uh, you know, they're in sales solutions and they're teaching some of the, some of the uh, different jobs at companies that people don't think of that they could get. And they're teaching you how to get those jobs and how to be efficient in those jobs. When you are selecting influencers to work with, what is the type of cr criteria that you use to determine whether or not they would be good for your brand? Absolutely. So everyone thinks it's followers. It's not. I mean, look, follow, obviously followers are something, right? You don't, you don't want someone that no one follows, but uh, I'm not totally looking at the followers. I'm looking at their engagement. And I, I usually rank, I, I, I like to take a three tier approach to my influencer campaigns. I have your thought leaders. I mean, those yeah. that you know, those that if you're a copywriter, you you watch this person. If you're, you know, marketing, if you're in productivity, you watch Ali Abdal. You know, like everyone knows those those top people in their space and we work to get them. I definitely want thought leaders because they are the top. Um, they're also expensive and they also work with other brands. So, you know, you, the, I think the key, and before I even get to that, I want to make sure they use ClickUp. So I'm not just going to go pay someone who doesn't use ClickUp. So I'll either, if they don't use ClickUp, I'll still offer to train them and teach them the platform, but I'm not going to lie and just get them to say, Hey, I use ClickUp. It's great. You should too. I need them to use the platform. So if they want to come on board with us, I will give them full training with our top, top trainers and make sure that we build ClickUp in a way that's valuable for them. But a lot of them already use it too. Um, so you have thought leaders, number one, that's your big time you know, someone who is, if you're, if you're jumping in a space, you're learning from them. Number two, I have what I call like macro influencers. And those are the ones that are on the way up. You know, they're becoming, they're on their way to being a thought leader. They're getting a strong uh, audience. They're getting really good at their craft. You know, maybe they have a hundred thousand around there, but they're getting really good engagement and people are commenting and, and feeling really close to them, but they're still, they're not so big that they can't respond to their fans. They still can. And then you have micro influencers. Micro influencers are great too. They might have 10K, they might have 12, but they're on the way up too. You see a few of their videos going viral. You see they have potential and you mm -hmm. see they're starting to resonate with the audience. And also someone feels closer to someone that they still respond. Like they, micro influencers still respond to almost every single one of their followers. So they're really valuable too, because someone feels more connected to them before they grow. So I think you need all three. Um, and I love to try to find all three tiers. And I do for every single platform. What would you say are, the, I mean, I think you already mentioned about the um, amounts of followers being the big thing, but are there any other common misconceptions about influencer marketing and how do you address these? Yeah. I mean, look, a lot of people are very nervous by it because, you know, it, it, it can, it can be risky. You can, you can pay a big campaign and have it completely flop and get zero clicks. That is possible. You know, um, it, it is also possible with ads, but almost a little less, you know, if, if you study it. So I think, I think influencer marketing is just more delicate. I think people don't realize that you need to spend more time. You need to get someone. You, it's not just a transaction. It's not pay someone. They talk about my product, which I mean, that's what it is for a lot of people, especially like water bottle brands and, you know, whatever drinks and products, things like that. But for tech, it's much more in depth. They need to understand your product. They need to get value out of product and they need to have a transformation. They need to be saving something or, or, you know, getting, getting something out of your product. So I think with, with our world and what I've learned about this space is you have to take more time. You need to really get to know this influencer, make sure there's someone that matches your brand. Exactly. That's another audience. 
um, and learn how they can use your product. You need to learn that influencer's business. Like most influencers I use need to have a business because why else would they use ClickUp? They need to have something, you know I mean? Some can manage their content, sure, but most of them are doing much more than that. They're managing teams, they're managing people, and that's what I want. So I think for me, it's just, it's just much more time. Like I have to talk to these influencers every day, every week, uh, and I love that because I get to know them and, and I learn so much about the space and it, it helps me become an influencer myself. That's why I'm trying to become one. I want to understand them. I want to understand what they go through every day. It's, hey, look, I get it, man. I'm trying to get my TikTok views up too. It's tough. Um, yeah. So I, um, I think it, you have to put in time. You need to learn their space. You need to understand their craft and you need to respect what goes into what they build. And you also need to understand the biggest misconception is that you're going to give them a script. I'm not giving any of my influence. I'm not telling them what to say. It doesn't make sense. I'm letting them use my product, letting them have their own transformation and letting them talk about it because that's real. You can tell when exactly. it's, we know enough. You can tell when something's not real. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit more about social media trends as well. Are there any that you've noticed that just started and will continue to grow in the next coming months? There's so many trends. Uh, it, it changes. Social media is changing all the time. I have to keep on it every single day. Like I like to be like, oh, I need to be off my phone. But every now and again, I still have to check. Like I need to know what's going on in the world. Uh, look, AI is the hottest thing right now. And so like, no matter what it is, AI is everywhere. I don't even care if you don't like AI. It's in your feed because it is the most trending thing. Um, so I think you got to get with it or at least start you know, learning it because talking about AI is, is, is huge. Um, I think what's coming up, let me think for a second. What's coming up is better storytelling, you know, about what's going on with the world and, and telling stories about, about your brand. I think people are learning how to tell stories about more than just um, about themselves and things like that. Like you need to find a way to tell a story about the content they're learning from. So I think that's mm -hmm. a new thing I'm seeing that I'm trying to get better at. Um, I think better visuals. Visuals are actually becoming important on Twitter. They're getting, you know, higher recognition from the algorithm. Same with LinkedIn. So I think learning how to tell stories with your visuals, people are getting really good at these like meme like images that teach you something um so i think yeah. i think that's a huge one that i'm trying to get better at as well um yeah I, I think that's a lot and then collabing brands are starting to collab a lot more and doing cool things together which i love to see um because they should and they want to get so, in front of each other's audiences so with regards to visual storytelling and ai do you see any developments in that that's uh structure as well i do because you can now do visual storytelling with AI, right? With tools like Runway and Dolly, you know, you can just type things in and create images. So, I mean, this is, there's never been a time in which you can do these things faster um, and people should learn it because it used to be you had to assign it to someone, wait for it to get back, da, da, da. Now you can just drive it. You can go in and, and look, is it perfect yet? Not, not yet, but it's very close. It gets better every single day because AI is making things move so much faster. So we're at a time when things are moving extremely fast and, you know, we have to get ready for that because it's, it's changing everything. I mean, I don't even know what technology is going to look like in two years. I've never seen it move this fast. Yeah, 100%, exactly. So, okay, we at Design Rush host a complete directory of social media marketing agencies around the globe. What would you say are the major benefits of agency outsourcing for social media and uh, influencer marketing? Yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, I came from the agency world. I, I think it's more or less they can help you tackle a project, right? Um, mm -hmm. We do a lot in-house now. Uh, we've almost kind of built our own, you know, agency, I would say. Um, but yeah. I'm always still down. I still look into certain, for certain projects when I need help. I mean, there's nothing better than getting an agency who has that, that crazy experience. Or maybe you're trying to do something new you haven't done. Um, you know, like there's, <clears throat> there's Raindrop in San Diego, who I really respect, who's built, um, you know, uh, they've, they've, they've done so many like Super Bowl ads and things like that. And they do a really good job. So it's good to know who to call. I think there's a there's Mermaid Toast in L.A. who I really respect. 
Um, yeah. The ones that are really good, they rise up. So I think maybe whether it be for content, whether it be for uh, social, sometimes you don't have time to hire someone that quickly and train them up. Um, and I think that's where an agency comes into play. Zero to one is a great one. I love to work with Riley and team there. They're really good. So I think a lot of times, sometimes maybe I need a big social push. Maybe I have something coming up and I want to do something, or maybe I want to do something different. You know, like that's the one thing when you work just in your brand and just in house, you only see things your way. So I think you need that breath of fresh air. And they've also tested with other companies. They have data on things that you don't, that have worked um, and they might have a fresh perspective. So I think, you know, agencies are great to come in to tackle a project, to get a fresh perspective um, or to do something bigger than you can typically do. So I love knowing them and I always stay in touch and I always know who I'm going to hit up. Even though I, I do a lot of my, my own and my own little team, I'd like to think I've built my own little agency. Um, I know who to call. I have my, you know, my agency, so I'll hit up when it's time. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, what I'd also really like to know is how has the power of social media changed from when ClickUp was founded? And how research shows, I know that, sorry, I know that research has shown that TikTok has been used as a search engine, for example. So can you tell me a little bit about the changes you've noticed since then? It's completely different. I mean, back then, like, you know, Instagram was kind of the rave. And now I would say people don't really, since they're a wonderful, you know, algorithm they set up, people don't really uh, target Instagram as much because it's very hard to get clicks. So I think it's a switch. Uh, short form content, it used to be a little longer. Everything is all short form content. It's very quick. It's very fast. TikTok has, has made our attention spans even shorter. So I think uh, social is much different that you have to catch people's attention very quick. You need to get to the point. You need to add value. And I think the platforms have changed. I think it's YouTube shorts, it's TikTok, it's I still get a lot of value to Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Uh, and I still do in Instagram reels, but I just, you know, I, I would say I hyper-focus like I did way back then. How can marketers go about stopping people from scrolling and actually taking attention to the, to the thing that they're trying to tell them about? I think the big thing there is um, you have to have a hook, you know, you have to have something valuable, but, but don't try to be like everyone else. Don't also try to be like, Hey, stop scrolling. Don't, don't do that. I think you have to be very genuine and know your audience and just be different. Like people can feel as they're scrolling when you're trying to force their attention or when you just really care or when you're doing something natural or real. So I think again, as I hate to over harp it, but adding value, like making sure you're giving something that that user is looking for that will help their day. Um, not making it too much about you, not making it too much about your brand, make it about them. Make it something cool they want to engage with um, and make it fun, you know, make it light. Like stop, stop trying to be so, so serious um, unless it is something that needs to be serious. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, look back to influencer marketing. It seems like companies have definitely hit the jackpot with that. Would you say it's replacing traditional forms of advertising? And how do you think this will evolve in the future? I don't think it's replacing. I think all the, the main ones are still there. I don't think they're going anywhere. Um, you know, I, I really, I, I think it's just, it's just more fuel in the fire. So like for me, when I, when I have a good influencer post, I know it can be a great ad. I already see it performing. So I look at it as just complimenting everything else. I, ads are still there. Ads are still well, alive and well, doing great. Um, I think the, the big thing is, um, is that with, with a good influencer though, they could, they could be a great ad because people recognize the face. Uh, so I think they just, they work hand in hand together. Same with even billboards, I think that they all they do is add fire to what you're doing or just another channel for traffic and great content. They can also help you have better content on your social. So to me, influencer marketing plays into everything you're doing as social, um, you know, resources, docs, everything else. I think it's just a, a, a better play if you know how to do it right. Though. If you don't, don't waste your money on it. The Design Rush Marketplace offers free expert supports and shortlists the best service providers based on requirements for your next project. It offers services in like multiple industries, such as web design and digital transformation, branding and SEO. 
and we're particularly focused on marketing. So how do you think companies can make their content stand out and lead to growth in these industries? I think you take your time, you find your mission, um, like you, you take your time, you find exactly what it is that you want to do. For us, it's saving people time. You know, for agencies, it might be making their content better. But I think you you need to speak to what that is. So I, I think it's 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 also finding something that's ongoing. You know, don't just do one-off things here and there. Like, like make a series, make something people can look forward to that that, get, that they're excited about, um, and find ways to teach, find ways to learn. Like, I guess it's, I guess first I was going back to know your audience number one, because look for us. I'm, I'm trying to talk to, you know, people at companies. So I am trying to teach them. I am trying to help them. But we also try to make them laugh. If you look at some of our content, there's there's a video of me and KJ doing a rap teaching you how to use our docs. You know, like we still make it fun and valuable. Is that perfect? I don't know. I'm still testing. Um, but we do a lot. Cool. So and if we do something funny, it's still about work. It's about AI. It's about something in the space. So we try to hit everything. Have, have your, you know, be well-rounded. Have your learning-based content. Have your funny-based content. If you can pull it off, have mm-hmm. things in the middle but still still based around your mission. So even if we do something funny, it's still about work. You know, we had a series called Returning to Work when people came back from COVID and we thought that was funny. It was a fun way to, to make jokes about something that's everyone had to go through. So, and also find ways to tie it back into what's going on in the world because people are also gonna be more interested in something that's going on, something that's relevant. So make sure your content's relevant with things that are going on because it's more likely to grab that attention. Um, make sure it's, it's either valuable or funny, whatever one you want it to be and make it stand out, make it you, keep it your colors, keep it your style. Don't try and copy other people. That's what everyone tries to do in marketing. Is they try to copy. Don't do it. Don't try to copy us. Don't try to copy anyone else. It won't work because it's not your style. We're hard to copy and we should be because, it, I mean, because we do some quirky things and I love it for that reason. So, okay. Finally, Chris, I just want to know what advice do you wish you had heard when you started making a name for yourself in marketing? I think the big thing I wish someone had told me is that you can do way more than you think. Like, you know, as I even, as I am here right now, and I look, there's still so many people I look up to. I think we're all still figuring out because marketing changes so fast. So anyone can hop into marketing. I think any, no one should be afraid of the space. If you feel like you're creative, if you feel like you relate to others, if you feel like you can build things, if you've created things that other people have loved and gotten behind, keep diving into that um, and just start. Don't, there is no perfect blueprint. There is no, you know, perfect marketing school. I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't think college has even figured out what to teach exactly for marketing because it's changing so fast. Um, I think what you do is you, you you watch other people, you learn from from podcasts like this, you learn from other good copy. Look at some of the companies that, you know, that Design Rush works with. Like look at look at these ad agencies; they're doing a really good job. That's why I'm still watching. I'm watching competitors. I'm watching what ad agencies build. Just watch and then think how you can turn that into something that that is your own craft. Because everything that you see, someone crafted, someone had an idea, someone took a risk. So take the risk, have fun looking, and have fun at the end of it. Because if you're not having fun, it will come out too serious. Well, thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate you taking the time out for today and giving us such valuable information. Honestly, that was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It was so nice to talk to you. Thank you for believing in us with the album, and I hope we, we can continue to collab. And yeah, yeah. awesome. Have a good day. That would be amazing. All right, Chris, I hope you have a great day. Enjoy Miami. Thank you so much. Thanks again for joining us, Chris. Marketing is a dynamic field that's constantly changing, and there's no perfect blueprint or formal education that can fully prepare you for it. So have fun, take risks, and make your own craft. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. 
If you're looking for the right marketing agency for your business, head to designrush.com marketplace. Our marketplace offers a wide range of vetted agencies that can provide you with the solutions you need to achieve your goals. Again, I'm your host, Bianca Mayer. Stay curious and see you in the next episode.